Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and this is your astrology forecast for the week of September 2nd to September 8th. Uh, we have a number of astrological weather things to get to today, uh, including both Mars and Mercury, uh, Kazemi, uh, which means that they are beginning uh, a new synodic cycle, at least for Mars. Um, we could There's debate about Mercury. Mercury some folks think it's the beginning of a new cycle, and some folks think it's kind of like the full moon phase of a cycle. But anyway, it means that both Mercury and Mars are going to be taking their turns going into the heart of the sun and the furnace of the sun and being kind of reborn and getting a new burst of energy and a, and a different uh, kind of you know initiation of a new karmic cycle. Um, so that's something we're going to explore this week. Uh, that's happening Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we've got the end of our new moon phase. Um, we've been uh, going through the last couple of days uh, with this new moon that started on Thursday. Uh, and we are going to be kind of moving into the crescent moon phase this week and then into the first quarter moon phase. Um, the other thing that's been going on this week is everything's in Virgo. <laughs> so we've got this Virgo stellium, which is uh, generally three or more planets in one particular sign. So we've got this real concentration of planetary energy in, in a particular sign, and that is the, the mutable Earth sign of Virgo, um, which is Mercury-ruled. So we've got a real heavy Mercury influence. And hallelujah, Mercury is now in the sign of its own domicile and exaltation in Virgo as well. So um, Virgo is uh, helping the, the party a little bit and able to provide resources from a place of strength. So it's empowering all these other planets in a really interesting way. Um, but it is creating quite a focus on, on the details, on practical uh, things in your life. And all of these planets are going to be making a square to Jupiter and Sagittarius and an opposition to Neptune. Um, and of course, well, they're going to be trining Saturn too. So a lot of things in the sky are going to be activated kind of all at once. Um, so there's this kind of T-square happening between all the Mercury, Virgo stuff uh, and Jupiter and Neptune. So this is kind of like, how do we weigh uh, the reality versus the illusion? How do we uh, figure out how the mundane details fit into the grander plan that we have? And how are we going to create growth while still paying attention to some of the more grounded, earthy, practical um, you know, I don't know, day-to-day -day type of things that we need to, to take care of um, as we go through this Jupiterian growth cycle with, with Jupiter in its own home sign of Sagittarius. So that's something we're going to be exploring this week in particular. And there may be some, some challenges along the way with all the squares that we have this week to Jupiter. Um, there definitely are going to be questions of how do, how do all these things, how do the pieces fit together? And how do we unify them into a whole? Uh, and your, your brain might get a little scattered this week as you try to just kind of grind it out. But um, it's going to be important to come up for air every once in a while and figure out uh, how all those things are going to be part of the, the greater vision. Okay, so that's kind of the vibe of our, our week ahead. Uh, let's go through our Central Dignity Report as we do each week here. Um, the sun has lost some dignity as it's moved into the sign of Virgo. Of course, we had uh, the sun in its own domicile and triplicity by day uh, when it was in the sign of Leo. But as it's moved into Virgo, it's lost some dignity. 
as it moves into the second uh, and third decan of Virgo, uh, it is losing um, it is losing even more dignity. It's not it had dignity by face when it was in the first decan of Virgo, but as it moves out of that that first ten degrees of Virgo, it's going to be in a condition called peregrine. And peregrine was when a planet didn't have any dignity at all. It was kind of like a, a wanderer or a foreigner in a foreign land. And in the ancient times, that was a very bad position to be in. You didn't have any support of your community, your family, your kin. You didn't have access to your resources. Um, it just felt like you were wandering without, without purpose. And that may be a little bit of what uh, we feel like with our solar energy um, through, the, through the next couple of weeks here as Virgo, uh, as the sun moves through the last 20 degrees of Virgo. Um, so... Solar things, not as much supported. This isn't the greatest time for us to be issuing commands and uh, asserting our authority. Uh, this is a time for, for humility, uh, for, for getting down to work, maybe being more of a, um, a servant uh, and more of a, um, what is the word I'm looking for? A subordinate is a good, a good word. Uh, and that may be difficult. We may be having to subordinate ourselves to uh, a higher purpose, really and falling into line with some of the already pre-established authority figures in our lives. And that may not be uh, a, a super rewarding moment, um, but I think if we're able to kind of just keep our head down and put our nose to the grindstone, uh, we're probably going to get a lot of things done. Um, Mercury, on the other hand, is very strong. Mercury is in its own domicile, in the sign of Virgo. It's in the, its nocturnal home. Uh, it's feminine expression, it's feminine gender expression, uh, and it is in its exaltation. That's kind of a little, uh, a, a little bit of an, an anomaly with the planets where we have a planet that is both in its uh, domicile and exaltation within the same sign. So that's happening when Mercury is in Virgo. Uh, it's also in its own decan uh, when it moves into the last, 20, last 10 degrees of the sign, 20 to 30 degrees Virgo. It has dignity by face or decan as well. Um, so very strong Mercury. So a lot of mercurial things are supported. Um, Mercury's essential nature is to want to contest, to destabilize, to separate things out into categories, to communicate ideas, to be able to solve a puzzle. Mercury is also a trickster. So there's kind of this element of like, um, you know, I don't know. We're trying to figure out how to arrange everything into a, a, a a coherent whole. And that's more of the, the struggle that we're going to be coming towards when all of these mercurial planets are coming in contact with Jupiter, which doesn't really want to focus on the tiny little details. It wants to focus on the big picture. So there's going to be this tension this week between how we're separating everything out and kind of the, um, the routines that we're going through, the, the, um, the structures uh, the uh, the plan that we have and how we're going to implement it within the grander philosophical viewpoint of Jupiter in Sagittarius. And a couple cards that we're going to be working with this, this week too. We talked about these last week, or at least one of them. We have the nine of pentacles here, which is uh, the second decan of Virgo, where we see a figure holding the, uh, the falcon in the garden of attainment. Uh, and this follows the apprentice card in the first decan where he's working very hard and she's enjoying the fruits of her labor. 
uh, in this uh, Venus ruled Deccan, um, but she's refining things. She's getting rid of the inefficiencies. She's, you know, keeping an eye for for vermin or for things that are trying to destroy the hard work. So we're still trying to find the right balance. We're still trying to find the right aesthetic quality. Now that is contrasted with the second Deccan of Sagittarius, which we see represented by the Nine of Wands. And this may be a little bit of a uh, a need to dig deep for our endurance. We may be working really, really hard lately on the projects that we've got going, and we may feel a little battle scarred. Uh, we may feel like we're just being uh, ridden a little bit like a horse um, <laughs> that fits in with the Sagittarian centaur type of archetype. Uh, I believe that uh, Austin Kopic compares this uh, Deccan to a bridle um, where you know we've got the bit in our mouth and we're being directed in a certain direction and it's it's not an, an overly rewarding position to be in um, but I think what we're gonna have to do is dig deep for the, that energy uh, and really you know focus on uh, our inner strength and recognize that Jupiter is going to pull us through this this moment and not get too fixated on all of the tiny little things we've got to come up for air every once in a while and really check in with ourselves to see if what we're doing is fitting in with the bigger picture. You're going to hear me say that a lot this uh, over this video this week. Um, okay, so that's what Mercury's doing. Jupiter, of course, is still in its own domicile or in its own uh, temple uh, in the in the house of Sagittarius. Uh, you can think of those houses also like um, like Harry Potter houses. Like if you're familiar with Harry Potter. They had the different uh, schoolhouses that they were part of, and that was kind of like a team that they were, you know, with like like Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Slytherin. It was a, uh, a a unified place where they could have access to different resources. They had a similar philosophical outlook, and uh, some some of those kids fit really well in in those houses, and others maybe felt like they weren't uh, sorted properly. I know that in the beginning, uh, you know, Harry was you know, saying, not Slytherin, not Slytherin, not Slytherin, right? Because he didn't feel this philosophical connection to it. And when he got Gryffindor, he felt like, okay, so maybe he's the the sun in Leo or something like that when the sun is, is in its own domicile. Um, so with Sagittarius, I mean, we're not going to make a, a comparison one-to-one to a particular, you know, Harry Potter house, but but think of this as like Harry Potter being in in Gryffindor and he feels like he's very much at home or even like, you know, um, what's his name, Draco Malfoy being in Slytherin. He, he fit pretty well within that that house uh, for the way that he exerted his uh, malefic energy. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so Jupiter also has triplicity support at night, which is kind of that communal support. It's associated with the elements. So Jupiter is sort of in its element. It, it, it's able to, to work within that very fiery energy uh, in the evening. Um, expansive quality uh, enthusiasm is very contagious you know like a like fire where fire you know catches with everything uh, and catches other things on fire and it spreads Um, so Jupiter Jupiter is very much supported right now too so this is really interesting this is an interesting time where we see a very strong Mercury and a very strong Jupiter and traditionally those two planets were sort of at odds with one another. Um, we see this with other dignities too, where when Mercury is in a sign of um, 
of Jupiter, Pisces or Sagittarius, it's in its exile. And when Jupiter is in a sign of Mercury, uh, Virgo and Gemini, it's in its exile. So they're sort of like opposites. I know it doesn't seem like like that would naturally be opposites, but we're, we're focusing on the small things versus the big things. We're focusing on separating things out versus bringing things together. So that's really going to be some of the, the, the puzzles that we're going to have to work out over the course of the week. Saturn is still retrograde and in its own domicile of Capricorn, so it's able to to do all of its uh, malefic glory uh, within the sign of Capricorn. Um, in, a, in a day chart, it's probably going to be less, less nasty than in a night chart because it is the uh, malefic insect during the day. Uh, and that can, you know, in, in certain cases, it can be a, a functional benefic. So it can, it can be experienced as generally a, a positive energy, um, but it may be just you know, one of the th- ways I've heard it explained is that uh, a, a functional malefic can do good for the native, but at the expense of others sometimes. Uh, it can never spill out into uh, good uh, for others as well. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, a benevolent benefic uh, is where, like Jupiter right now, could be considered a very benevolent benefic, um, you know, because it's able to do good for the native, and that good is going to spill out to everyone around us as well because it's in such good shape, okay? Uh, so that's a really interesting kind of, uh, kind of hierarchy of planetary uh, alignment. This is something I've been thinking a lot about when, as I've been creating my, my uh, Domiciles and Deities game. Um, one of the things that we have to work out, like Dungeons & Dragons, is an alignment system where, uh, for example... In Dungeons and Dragons, you have lawful good or chaotic evil, and there's a spectrum as to how the characters will act and what their driving philosophical force is. And uh, when I'm trying to apply this to astrology, uh, there's that benefic and malefic type of scale. And you can see where there's this like functional benefic, um, benevolent benefic. And then we have functional malefic and, and malevolent malefic where the, it's sort of spilling out uh, evil. <laughs> like it's hurting us and everyone around us. And that's if a malefic is in very bad shape, like if it's out of sect in the chart or if it's in a house that's very uh, detrimental, like the 12th of the 6th house, um, or if it's in a sign that it isn't uh, very comfortable in like Saturn and Cancer or Saturn and Leo. Um, but it, it also could be a combination of these factors as well. Um, so if you're interested in more interested in that, uh, you know, I've got this class starting on uh, September 23rd locally in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, so if you're in the area, uh, check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Did some play testing the other day with uh, a, a group of, of astrologers that I'm friends with, and it was a lot of fun. We were uh, working out the backstories of our characters and, uh, really creative. I was really surprised at some of the directions that it started to go in. Um, and I'm very happy with the progress that that is uh, making because I'm, that's, that was my goal. My dream with it was to get people interacting and have, having people's uh, imaginations engaged while at the same time using the astrological system and the rules to kind of you know, learn more and, and engage with the chart in a, in a unique way. So uh, that's starting to work out really well. Hopefully, I'll be able to bring it to a, an online forum near you at some point as well. Okay. Uh, the moon this week is uh, doing a couple different things. 
Uh, it's going to be moving into the sign of Scorpio and into its crescent phase, which is 45 to 90 degrees ahead of the sun. Um, and that is kind of a building phase uh, for the moon. It's uh, the, the phase directly after the new moon where we get the new karmic impulse. And what we're doing is we're getting kind of the new assignment from the universe and new things are getting triggered and we're having to deal with new problems, new issues, new uh, thought processes, new desires, new goals. And, uh, you know, it's like our divine assignment uh, for the next moon cycle. And at the crescent phase, we're sort of mobilizing things. We're trying to gather the resources together to take the action that we need. Um, you can think of this as like getting yourself moving. You've gotten the idea and you're like, okay, I've got to get up off the couch and start moving. So that's going to be at the beginning of the week, the first couple of days of the week, Monday through Wednesday or so. And this is going to start off with the moon in Scorpio, which is a condition of its fall or depression. So the moon is not going to be in, in its best shape at the beginning of the week. We may have some, some heavy emotions that we're working through. Uh, we may have uh, maybe a little bit of a down feeling. Um, we may not feel at our most nurturing. Emotions aren't able to flow through us as easily when the moon is in Scorpio. We tend to hang on to things and brood on them a little bit. Uh, that can be one thing. We tend to... Um, martialize our emotions too uh, because the moon being in the sign of scorpio its host is mars so there may be because mars is um is combust the sun right now and, and getting kazimied um getting a new start so that's that's actually good but we may get overly focused on some of the details of our, our emotions and and that may be some of the things that we're dealing with and struggling with so that's what the moon in, in Scorpio. When the moon moves into Sagittarius, it does gain a little bit of dignity in the second decan um, by face or by decan. Um, when the moon moves into Capricorn at the end of the week, it's going to be in its exile or uh, in its detriment. And that is a sign opposite of its home or domicile. Um, there is a little quirk there that, that the moon in Capricorn does gain uh, triplicity by night uh, and a little bit of dignity by that. So there is a little bit of a, a mitigating factor when the moon is in Capricorn. So it's not all doom and gloom. Um, there is some opportunities to get some communal support when the moon is in uh, Capricorn in, in the evening hours and, and whatnot. Uh, Mars in Virgo, uh, in addition to coming into the heart of the sun this week is also going to be missing a lot of dignity. Um, it doesn't really have any specific dignity, so we could call that a wanderer or a peregrine as well. Um, so not the best uh, martial or solar week. Uh, it, it, it will improve at some point, but those things aren't necessarily the, the, the focal points. Um, yes, we are getting a little bit of a boost with Mars Kazemi, but remember, at the beginning of a, a new uh, synodic cycle, when a planet comes into conjunction with the sun. Uh, yes, we are getting all the old stuff burned away. All the, the dross is being, you know, fire branded away in the, in the, the depths of the, of the furnace. But when it comes back out again, it, it's vulnerable. And our new martial impulse is going to be kind of vulnerable for a little bit as it moves through the beams of the sun. It's going to gain some strength as it escapes the beams after about 15 degrees or so and becomes visible. 
But for the first little while, uh, my favorite comparison with this is that planet is sort of like a butterfly emerging from the cocoon. Uh, and it's, its wings are still wet and it's, it's vulnerable to predators. So it needs to like chill out and like take things slow and understand how it's going to be functioning within the new set of circumstances. So really pay attention to the Virgo area of your life right now. So what I want you to do is grab your natal chart and look at the house that Virgo is on the cusp on and your whole sign chart. Even if you don't use whole sign houses, it can be very valuable to, to give you a, an idea of what type of themes are going to be activated. Uh, you know, for example, if your fourth house is Virgo, uh, this is some new new karmic cycle for your for your family and for your house and for your residence and things like that. Uh, let's skip around and say the ninth house. Perhaps there's a new a new learning experience that you're going through through travel or a new philosophical belief system that you're you're working with, and you may feel a, a quickening with that with Mars doing its new cycle there. Mars likes to speed things up. It's very hot. It's very dry. It wants to take action and to have movement towards that. And when it gets into the sun, it's like that's a double hot and dry kind of experience. Um, so just think about a, a burst of energy that you may be feeling in that area of your life. Um, Venus is still in its fall in the sign of Virgo, uh, just like the moon was in its fall in the sign of Scorpio. Not the most comfortable sign for Venus. Uh, Venus wants to kind of attract things and kind of let things come to her. Aphrodite was adorned when she came out of the sea uh, with jewelry and fine clothes and things like that. But she didn't necessarily have to work for it or pursue it. It just came to her. And with, with Venus in a mercurial sign, especially a hardworking one like Virgo, we may feel like we have to earn love or that we have to work for it or that we have to separate these, our, our love out into categories or or we have expectations for how we should be receiving or giving love. And, and that can be a little bit uncomfortable for, for Our Lady Venus. Um, there is a little bit of uh, other dignities that she does have in the sign of Virgo, the earth sign. She does have triplicity by the day. So she's able to set, uh, she has her support uh, during the daytime of her community and, and sort of in her element uh, of earth. Okay, because uh, Earth is receptive, right? Earth is able to like receive things, like receives the seed and nurtures it and helps it grow. Um, Ver Venus is also in her own terms between seven and seventeen degrees of Virgo, so she's getting to set the the agenda and set the curriculum for for how she wants things to work. So, using the Venus qualities of of decorum, good manners, of being nice. Uh, can, can get you where you need to be if you need to work on Venus stuff. <clears throat> she also has dignity by face uh, between 10 and 20 degrees of Virgo, which is the second decan. And that's, of course, this lady here with the nine of pentacles uh, enjoying the fruits of her labor in her garden, but still trying to weed, weed out the junk. Okay. And that's our dignity report for the week. That was a, a roundabout way of talking about a lot of different things. Um, so let's dive into our weekly forecast. There's a lot, a lot of aspects to go through. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to just spend a lot of time on all of them. Here's one of the things that I will say, though. Uh, because we have this giant stellium here in Virgo, everything takes a turn, you know, making its square to Jupiter, okay? 
and in my chart here, hold on a second. At the, I, I took the um, outer planets out for my uh, little game that I was doing. Because in my game, we aren't using the outer planets yet. Um, but yeah, so now you can see all of these planets are going to making making the square to Jupiter. Okay. And this opposition whew, to Neptune. In addition to all of them last week making this trine, right, to Uranus. So last week was had a very Uranian flavor. This week has kind of that Jupiter square flavor, opposition to Neptune. But also we have a, a nice trine happening to Saturn. So this is allowing us to get back to work, you know. This is kind of a neat little uh, chart that I have here because what it's showing you is the um, the Ptolemaic aspects that a planet makes. So it's it's able to see all of the different planets. So all of these planets from Virgo have visibility towards Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune, and Uranus. Right? It's able to visualize everything in the in the in the chart. The places where it would have uh, a blind spot would be here the house right next to it, the house right before it, the one on either side of the opposition. So those are the ones that are called in aversion. Remember, we're you know, gaining our fluency. That's, that's aversion. But there's not a lot of planets in aversion from one another right now. So everything is sort of working together for better or for worse. Okay, Actually, usually for better, but it doesn't mean the conversation is always easy. Most of the conversations are fairly easy, but the one that is bringing us a little bit of our um, friction this week is the relationship with Jupiter. Okay, so Monday. Monday, Monday, do, do. Uh, we are moving, the moon is going to be moving into Scorpio uh, at about 7.30 p.m., but before that happens, the moon is going to be making a square to Pluto, okay? You can see in this chart, uh, it's just past the 20 degree mark where it's making a square to Pluto. Okay. Um, every, anytime we're seeing a square with Pluto, there may be a power dynamic that comes up that we have to deal with uh, that needs to be uh, navigated with grace, especially this Libra Pluto uh, square that we've been getting every moon cycle um, as, as it moves through Libra. My, my advice that I've given all summer is that this is an opportunity for, for you to use your, your social skills, your people skills to maybe negotiate with the, the existing power structures and figure out a win-win uh, situation and a balancing act uh, of, you know, figuring out your own needs versus someone else's needs and how they fit within the existing hierarchy. Okay. So that's something we'll be experiencing very early in the morning on Monday. And then at about 6:43 AM, We've got our uh, Mars Kazemi. And Mars Kazemi, actually here, sorry, I, Mercury got circled there, but let me clear it off so it looks good. Bing, 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 ding, ding. Okay, see that? Nine degrees. At nine degrees of Virgo, we have Mars and the Sun in a union, okay? Remember, Calasis was when they were within three degrees of one another. 
and and it's a bonding, right? This is a an adherence where their their energies are bonded together. So Mars is is sitting at the table with the king, uh, who is hanging out in Virgo, and it's a more humble king at this point. The king has been uh, <laughs> maybe beaten down a little bit by life over the summer, and uh, is is now learning that he needs to be in service of his uh, his his subjects. Okay. Or, or it's just time to get to work, really. Maybe he's planted a lot of seeds while the sun was in Leo, and now it's just time to harvest all of those things and figure out what stays and what goes. And you can see uh, that this happens. Um, this is called a... Uh, let me see. I want to show you something kind of neat here. Uh, if we go a few hours outside here, you can see that... Mars is going to be approaching the sun from an inferior position, okay, uh, clockwise, okay, and this is in the primary motion. So Mars, for a period of time, has been an evening star, which means that it was rising after the sun on the horizon. You can see that it's below where the, the, the sun is going to rise first. This would be the horizon line if we clicked it back over even a little further. Um, but now Mars is going to be rising on the other side of the sun. Okay, And this, is, this conjunction here is the beginning of that cycle. When we have superior planets, uh, they go all the way around the zodiac here all right, when they're going in their cycle. They, they, uh, in their relationship to the sun. This can get a little confusing. Um, because we had two different cycles, one with Mercury and Venus, and then one with Mars, uh, Jupiter, and Saturn, and then the other outer planets. And th the cycle of an outer planet uh, happens where it goes, you know, it makes the conjunction, and then it starts moving this way, right? Moves out this way. When it gets to the first trine, that's when we have a retrograde. But it's still, it is appearing like it's moving through the zodiac here, okay? When it hits the second trine, it goes direct and coming back around and then coming back into what's called the inferior conjunction and the beginning of a new cycle. So it's a little quirk of like the, the solar astronomy um, that it looks like that. Whereas when we have Mercury and Venus, uh, they never get too far away. They never go through this opposition here. Um, they always kind of go out this way. They do the inferior conjunction, go out a few signs, retrograde back into the superior conjunction, and then retrograde back this way into the inferior conjunction. It's kind of like a, you know, a topsy-turvy push and pull with those, those inner planets. Um, so Mars, Kazemi, new Mars cycle. Uh, Mars shifts to a morning star. We get a burst of that martial energy. Uh, we may be, um, you know, making a little temper. <laughs> we have some temper tantrums here and there. Just try not to get too bent out of shape when it comes to having things uh, done exactly your way. Because we can get real particular with all these things going on in Virgo here, where we say, you know, no, this is, I think this is the correct way to do it. And I'm going to get real fixated on this tiny part of it. And there may be a little bit of conflict to um, surrounding methodology 
so don't get too bent out of shape about the, the way to do it. Really, I want you to keep in mind the bigger picture, okay? This is really, Jupiter's really our saving grace with all of this, I think. Um, he, he's in really good shape right now. So really, if you start to get into that kind of nitpicking type of arguments with people, it's very important to just kind of take a step back and say, does this really fit into the grander vision? Or is this moving us forward towards the ultimate goal? Or is this just something that's a distraction or taking us off course? And that may really help you to answer whether it's really essential or not. So keep that in mind as you see the Kazemi of, of Mars and the sun. Um, towards the end of the day or the, the, the noon hour or so, uh, Venus is going to take her turn squaring Jupiter. Okay, you can see that here at about 15 degrees. Venus will be, this is on Sunday here. We, we have a, a weird chart here. I clicked over to demonstrate a topic, but let's, let's go back. One, two, okay. So now we've got Venus at 15 degrees Virgo, squaring Jupiter at 15 degrees Sagittarius. Um, and this is a this is a interesting little uh, standoff of the two benefic planets, the lesser benefic of Venus and the greater benefic of Jupiter. Um, this may be a little bit of an energy of maybe overdoing it. Uh, there's some extravagance or indulgence type of energy here. Uh, this is definitely another uh, opportunity for us to get a little bit fixated on the trying to balance out the aesthetics and how they fit into the big picture. You know, Venus is concerned with beauty and balance, and we may get, you know, have a little bit of a conflict in those two areas of our life as we try to balance things out. Um, try not to overdo the, the perfectionism. We can get grandiose with our perfectionism with this type of contact. Uh, you know, I'm seeing, <laughs> I do this every week where I can see my own future a little bit um, as I, as I, continue to work on the project that I've been putting a lot of energy into. Um, I just, uh, I've been gathering a lot of materials and learning um, a lot about these different um, fantasy worlds uh, as I do more research for the world that I'm trying to create with astrology. And it's so detailed. Like I, I did not think that I, I don't think I really understood the breadth of how detailed these worlds can be. Um, I had a general idea, but uh, it's kind of beautiful at the same time, like seeing how people have put their, their heart and their soul into these worlds. And they really are these, these, these Tolkien, uh, you know, completely separate dimensions that have been created. And um, I think though that uh, if you're trying to create your own thing like this, you can, you can get fixated on whether, uh, oh, I don't know, what kind of sword somebody wields versus like how the complete uh, mechanics of the game are going to function. Um, so that's just a little example of how that could get out of hand. You're like, well, this sword has to have, uh, oh, I don't know, plus five battle damage but only when the moon is waxing or something. <laughs> that might not be as important as the core uh, goal that you're moving towards in, in your game or in your life or in your project. So uh, a little nerd, nerdy example. And I, mean, I say nerdy with, with, all, with all love. Uh, you know, I think that um, when we get passionate about something and we want to become experts at it, uh, that's the essence of the, the, the beautiful aspect of, a, of a becoming a 
nerd culture, I would say. And I, I include myself in this. I'm a, I wear the badge of astrology nerd very proudly. Um, so anyway, uh, so that's our Venus squaring Neptune. I'm sorry, Venus squaring Jupiter. As we move into Tuesday, let's click over the day here. Can you tell that Mercury is in Virgo? Can you feel like the, oh, I don't know. I just feel that. I feel like the little bit of an ease of speaking. My brain is just flowing with ideas and things like that. Um, it's nice when, when the, uh, the mercurial traveler is, is in a good position. It's, it's easier to kind of parse things out a little bit, I think. All right, as we move into Tuesday, Moon's still going to be in Scorpio in its crescent phase. Uh, we're going to be seeing the Moon making an opposition to Uranus. So you can see now, we've got the moon at, well, it's going to be at 60 degrees Scorpio, making an opposition to a retrograde Uranus and Taurus. And of course, I say of course, but you know, it's just a little vocal tick I have. It doesn't mean I expect everyone to understand this. Um, and so, oppositions are of the nature of Saturn, right? Uh, they are uh, kind of a block. Sometimes they can be a roadblock. Sometimes they can be a, a no. So there may be something going on in the Scorpio and, and Taurus-ruled areas of your life. Check out your houses with that to figure out where you may be struggling a little bit with enacting some of the new systems that have been required of you with Uranus uh, being, going through the, um, the domicile of Venus and Taurus. So that's going to be happening very early in the morning on the, on the East Coast, 6.17 a.m. As we move through the day, Mercury is going to be making its conjunction with Mars. Interesting. There we go. About 10 degrees of Virgo, just into the second decan. Uh, we're going to have a you know, we're going to get some sharper, sharper tongues here. Uh, my caution with this would be, think before you speak. Uh, if you're going to criticize somebody, uh, make sure that you are walking your talk and you're not getting too, too fired up about um, tearing somebody down. There's a lot of potential with this conjunction to get really critical of others, to really express our anger in a very like, uh, you know, I don't know, nagging way. Okay, this is, a, this is a, the aspect that comes with like, we get just so angry because somebody didn't put the dishes away or like didn't wash them exactly the way that we wanted them to or they put them in the, on the wrong shelf. Uh, they were trying to help, but they didn't, didn't do it exactly the way we wanted to do it and we get real angry and you know, maybe have an argument about it. Um, so keep an eye on, on that. Um, also, uh, you could, it could be uh, where you are able to cut through the, the BS too. You know, Mars is able to get right to the point and be very direct. So our communication may take on this, this very direct quality where we're able to express things that we weren't normally able to express very clearly or to the point. Uh, so, so keep an eye out for that too. We may have a little bit of mental stress as we come with this conjunction as well. Um, Mars can just kind of accelerate our minds to the point where we're just, you know, we've got a million things going all at once and we're trying to keep track of them. And that can bring a little bit of heat to the mind. So we may be having this kind of 
you know, Virgo passion for, for what we're working on. And it, it may spur some really interesting ideas. We just may have to slow our roll a little bit with this conjunction. Um, not, not get too, uh, not too heated up or hot under the collar um, or hot under the, 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 the skull, I guess it would be make more sense with, with Mercury. Um, towards the end of the day, we're going to see a series of sextiles. The moon is going to be making a sextile uh, to Mars, to Mercury, and to the sun. You know, with everything, with this stellium here, um, we're going to be having a lot of things activated all at once. So you can see the moon here at 10 degrees of Scorpio is going to be making a positive aspect or a beneficial one. It's of the nature of Venus, which is harmonizing. It's a harmonizing aspect between uh, those two uh, planetary bodies. Uh, and I say those two, but what I really mean is this whole stellium and everything and the moon and in Virgo. I'm sorry, moon and Scorpio. See, even though Mercury is in good shape, Mercury in my chart is still retrograde, so every once in a while I'll get tripped up. Anyway, uh, so that's going to be triggering a lot of things all at once. And in addition, the moon is going to be making a sextile to Saturn. So that may, you know, there's a lot of Earth energy going on um, on this day, on Tuesday. So this is a really practical day. This is a time to get down to business, right? When, when the moon makes a positive aspect to Saturn, it may be easier to take responsibility, to be disciplined, uh, to work within the limitations that we've been given and not, you know, feel so, I don't know, oppressed by it. Uh, sometimes when we have hard aspects with Saturn, it just feels overwhelming, like, like we've just run into the brick wall and we get depressed because we can't do what we want to do. But when we have a positive aspect, it's kind of like, oh, okay, we know what the parameters are and we're able to work or build within it or tear down things within it. And it, it, maybe it feels good to get rid of certain things and to, to be able to structure our minds and structure our lives in a way that's going to be uh, expressing a more mature quality in our life. So that's something to, to keep an eye on on Tuesday. Um, the other thing that's happening on Tuesday is our second Kazemi. Okay, let's take a look here. Oh, so many things to get to this week. This is a really busy week in true Virgo style, right? Okay, you can see here now Mercury has, is taking its turn uh, coming into the heart of the furnace of the sun. On Tuesday, uh, when does that happen exactly? Probably somewhere closer to the afternoon here. Um, we're going to get Mercury, a whole new kind of a mercurial energy. Now, one of the interesting anomalies of Mercury Kazemi in Virgo is the lead up and the moving away uh, of Mercury from its conjunction with the sun has a little bit more of a protected quality to it because when a planet, according to the tradition, was in its own domicile, and according to some authors in its own exaltation or other dignities, it was said to be in its chariot, which was, uh, as we explained in my video last week, uh, like, a, like chariots had this like umbrella kind of like awning over top of them to keep them uh, from getting burned by the heat of the sun, the people who were driving them. Um, so, you know, Mercury's got this little like protective awning, so it may not be 
getting all burnt up by being so close to the king, which is a very good thing. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the uh, superior conjunction. So this is where Mercury is direct, and it's going in zodiacal secondary motion to making its conjunction, and it's switching from a morning star to an evening star. So it's going to be rising after the sun eventually. Okay. Uh, so this is, I, there are different opinions on this. I've heard some people say that this is a completely new synodic cycle. I've heard other people say that this is like a full moon quality of Mercury or the, the uh, inferior planets, Mercury and, and Venus, when they make that superior conjunction. Um, I, I'm leaning towards this as sort of a full moon type of experience. Uh, I know this for a fact. Mercury is in really good shape right now. It's moving very fast when it's conjoining from the superior direction. Uh, it's in its own home sign. It's in its exaltation. It's a great time for getting your thinking straight and for getting clear on your thoughts and for really just putting your, your money where your mouth is, uh, really getting down to business and just getting things done. You're going to have a lot of support from Mercury uh, to 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 take action on those practical things in your life. Um, so take advantage of the opportunity because you may not feel this, this uh, ambitious uh, or energized towards doing some of the, the more humble tasks of life too. This is really a great time to clean out your attic, Spencer. <laughs> like, I still haven't done it. I told you last week that I was going to go up and do it. And I, went and I, I went upstairs, I looked at it, and I was like, okay, I know what I have to do, but I'm going to do it later. Um, so now that Mercury is Kazemi, it's a great time to get down to business. Uh, I laugh because I, I, I tend to listen to these um, videos that I make um, and try to take my own advice a little bit later on in the week. Uh, because when I'm doing them, I take a lot of very detailed notes, but when I'm actually talking, it's just kind of a stream of consciousness type of thing. So I'm not always completely aware of all the things that I said over the hour or so. But if you're listening, future Spencer, get up in that attic and get rid of the crap so that your new folks can put some insulation up there, right? It's time to get down to business, to defeat the clutter, right? Like Mulan, to defeat the Huns. Okay. Little, little Disney song break. Okay. Let's move forward. Silliness aside. On Wednesday, Wednesday, September 4th, what's going on? Well, the moon is in Scorpio, but it's going to be moving into Sagittarius in the very late hours, you know, around 11 o'clock or so. Um, so we're going to be, you know, getting out of that fallen moon position and into uh, kind of a, you know, kind of a thing where the moon is going to be hanging out now with Jupiter. It's going to be sitting at the table and activating Jupiter. So it may be activating some of our more grandiose uh, inclinations and that's really still going to trigger some of that tension between all the, the, the planets asking us to pay attention to the small things and to look at things up close and really examine the details. I want you to be very careful not to overpromise this week. Uh, this, that's one of the things that we 
can be guilty of with all of this energy is we we get real uh, enthusiastic and then we start to think about oh crap this is uh, this is requiring a little bit more energy time or brain power than I actually uh, than I actually anticipated so kind of think before you do kind of thing this week would be uh, a, some good advice as we move through Wednesday we're gonna have uh, a sextile with the moon to uh, Venus from Scorpio okay we're going to be experiencing a trine from Scorpio whoops to Neptune so a little bit of a dreamy quality on Wednesday with those two planetary actions um, we're gonna have the moon sextiling a retrograde uh, Pluto uh, in the in the very early morning hours as well uh, and then the biggest aspect of the day besides the moon aspects is we're going to have a Venus Neptune opposition fun times it is fun this is another aspect that I have natally that I can tell you is fun <laughs> like and by fun I mean like not so fun there's some positive things to this from my own experience of having a Venus Neptune opposition albeit over the Gemini Sagittarius aspect axis um, sometimes we can have a little bit of a <clears throat> romantic quality to life where the expectations don't necessarily always meet up with the, the dream and the vision. And I would say there's romantic disillusionment is very common with this aspect, especially when it's over the Virgo Pisces aspect, uh, axis. So that's the second time I said that. So be very careful that you don't get too uh, frustrated by the reality not necessarily matching up with the grand vision that you had. Um, we are being asked to really pay attention to the, the physical right now. And every once in a while, when we're grinding it out, Virgo style, right? Uh, you know, when we're putting in the work, putting in the hours, uh, it may feel unrewarding. And this is something where, you know, we have to surrender a little bit. Uh, this is a moment with Venus opposite Neptune where just because it doesn't completely uh, fit into the idealized notion that we may have of something does not mean that that doesn't have value. It doesn't mean that we haven't been working hard. It doesn't mean that we are, uh, that what we're doing is worth, is not worthwhile. It just means that uh, there is always a tension between our vision and what we can actually manifest on this physical realm. And, and we tend to be beholden to some of the physical laws of nature. And that can be frustrating because at the end of the day, uh, and you can feel free to disagree with me, but you know we're spirit souls having a physical experience. And sometimes our spirit... Uh, can get disappointed <laughs> like being incarnated so this may be a little bit of like that disillusionment of being incarnated where you're like man 
this would be so much easier if I didn't have to follow all these natural laws and natural rules. Um, but just, just keep in mind that, that eventually these things tend to unravel and, and, and work themselves out. Uh, I think patience is the key. And compromise. Oppositions require compromise. So there may need to be compromise in relationships too if, because Venus is activated. And anything where we're trying to create balance and harmony and goodwill towards one another. Um, you know, try not to get too critical of your partner because they're not fitting into your ideal. This is associated with romantic illusion and delusion also. So I, I can see this playing out where you may have a, a vision of what you have your, we all go into relationships with expectations. And then we meet the reality of that person. And, and sometimes that can be painful. So this could be the, the painful uh, morning after <laughs> type of experience where you wake up and your partner is all disheveled and they look like a real person and the, you know, the, I don't know, the wine is worn off and you're face to face with the reality and the consequences of your actions the night before. Um, but that's when the real relationship begins, right? Um, that's when the real uh, building of a life with somebody begins. A relationship is not always about romance and, and you know, fantasy. So that can be part of it, and it's nice when that happens. Um, but a lot of building a life with somebody is getting the kids to school on time, getting the dishes done, getting the laundry done, appreciating someone for their ability to do those little things too. So uh, try to appreciate your partners for who they are and not for who that you wish that they would be this week, especially in the middle of the week. I think that's some good advice. Okay, uh, Thursday. On Thursday, oops, on Thursday, the moon is in Sagittarius, and it's making a nice conjunction to Jupiter, and you're gonna feel like singing, or at least I will. Uh, yeah, Jupiter, uh, Jupiter day, right? Jupiter day, Jupiter moon, Jupiter, Jupiter, Jupiter. Uh, the first aspect that we're going to be seeing is Mercury making a trine with Saturn. Okay, at about 14 degrees. Nice. Sober thinking. We're going to be sobering up after that Venus-Neptune <laughs> Venus opposition and saying, okay, what's the reality? Let's, let's, let's you know, think about how the details are going to fit into the practical big picture plan. Okay, and I, I think that this is about how are you, not just what, what, are, what are the actions that you want to take with the, the grand Jupiterian vision, but how are you going to build the big pyramid of your life, right? Saturn in Capricorn is building all the structures. So how do you get to work? I think that's a nice marriage of, you know, Virgo, attention to detail and craftsmanship, marrying the, the blueprint. So this is kind of like someone looking at the blueprint and saying, ah, okay, the piece goes here and this piece goes here and it's all clicking together very nicely. So that's one of your first aspects that you may experience on Thursday. Mental focus and discipline, sober thinking, common sense, realism. Uh, you may have a little bit of worry and pessimism. You may feel a little bit cynical with that. Uh, maybe you can uh, get through that with a little bit of dry humor. 
Okay. As we move through the day, the moon is going to be making a square to Mars. Okay. So there's a square aspect. So you may get a little heated up if things aren't working out to your liking. Try not to pop off. Uh, the moon is also going to be making a square to the, to the sun very late at night. Uh, and as we move into the evening, well, that square to the sun initiates the, the, uh, the first quarter. Did I say last quarter? Huh. I wrote down last quarter, but what I mean is first quarter. See, I caught it in time. I don't have to make an annotation in the description of my video. So this is the first quarter moon, okay? When we have a square uh, between the sun and the moon, when the moon is 90 degrees ahead of the sun, when the moon is, okay? So this is a, a crisis point. This is a point where uh, we have the new impulse, we've initiated and, and started moving, mobilizing resources to take action on our, on our new cosmic assignment, and then we sort of run into uh, a little bit of a hassle perhaps, or some kind of pushback, or some kind of challenge where we have to be a little bit heroic and uh, save the day, okay? I uh, like in Demetra George's book, Astrology and the Authentic Self, she, she calls the, the first quarter moon phase a little bit of the, you know, need, needing, needing to dig deep for our heroic qualities to take action uh, for very tangible crises that are happening in the world. Uh, and this um, differentiates from the last quarter moon where the crises, the crises are more mental, they're more internal, they're more crises of consciousness. And these are actually physical things that might be manifesting in your life where you have a plan that you're trying to manifest, but it, it's running into uh, a little bit of a problem. Okay, so that's our first quarter moon. A little bit of tension between the moon and the sun with the vision and with the, the implementation that may be coming to a head at, on Thursday and Friday here as we move through that phase uh, of, the <clears throat> of the moon cycle. Um, Friday, on Friday, I moved over one too many here. On Friday, uh, still in the last quarter, moon's moving through Sagittarius, and Mercury is going to be making a square to Jupiter. So many details. See, this we're just living out the Virgo-Jupiter square, or the Virgo-Sagittarius square, I should say, uh, even in this video, because there's so many details, and I'm even getting overwhelmed with them, and I love details, you know? <laughs> so this is kind of the, the theme of the week, right? Um, but with Mercury squaring Jupiter, we may be a little bit overly optimistic about you know, our thought processes, be a little bit careful of being a little bit too arrogant or boastful with your speech and your communication. Uh, this is really the aspect uh, of promising more than you can deliver. Uh, you know, we may exaggerate the importance of certain details of our projects too. So this is where we may get attached to uh, them fitting within within the grander vision, and we may have to come to some sort of compromise with that. So this is this is the making a mountain out of a molehill aspect. Um, or making a molehill out of a mountain. It could go both ways, I guess. Uh, so 
try not to to blow things out of proportion either way don't don't minimize things that actually are important and don't try to get bent out of shape for little things that that may not necessarily move your project forward in the grand scheme of things okay uh, that aspect is perfecting it very early in the morning, about 3 a.m. Um, the moon is also going to be conjoining Jupiter uh, around the same time. And then the moon is going to square Mercury. Uh, a little bit later in the morning, we're going to have a square between the moon and Neptune. Okay. So again, that mutable kind of cross that we're experiencing there that mutable t-square of practical what stays and what goes our inner vision and our reality and how we take action out in the world on that okay our truth our own personal truth our own illusions and our own impetus to get it all done is all trying to work itself out towards the end of the week here um the moon is going to be squaring Venus uh, around lunchtime. And then in the evening, we have two aspects that are sort of interesting. I'm going to clear that up. Uh, we have the moon making a trine to retrograde Saturn. I'm sorry. We have the sun making a trine to retrograde Saturn. Okay. And then Venus is going to trine Pluto around the same time or so. Maybe a little bit later. Okay. Okay. So Sun, Trine, Saturn. We have a combination of Virgo and Capricorn energies, as we discussed earlier. And this is where the plan and your ability to carry it out come together and are working together very nicely. This is the... the uh, like I said, the architect that's looking at the blueprint and able to, to hire or uh, work on the, the project and have it go fairly well, have it go kind of smoothly. We may be having more sobriety in our thinking. We may be able to be uh, issuing um, commands in a very uh, balanced and humble way with the sun and Virgo, and it's all fitting in quite nicely with that Saturnian plan. With, Ver with Venus making a trine to Pluto, um, this is, again, we, we, it brings up you know, questions of relationships and also just the Venus-ruled areas of your chart. I think that we have general significators for the planets, but then they take on topical meanings when they're in certain houses and when in, they are hosting other houses. So it's really important that you not only look at the Virgo area of your chart for Venus stuff right now, but also look um, for the Libra house and the Taurus house because those houses and those topics of your life are going to be affected. So like in this chart, it would be relationships, seventh house, and it would be the twelfth house, secret enemies. <laughs> so maybe there's something going on with your relationship behind the scenes that is pulling you off the course of your life like the twelfth house likes to do, bringing you some mental anguish. Okay. That's just if you're a Scorpio rising for this particular chart. Okay. But this is a, a, we're teaching you an exercise on how you would start to analyze this on your own. Um, this is, this could be a very passionate type of connection with Venus, Trine, Pluto. 
you may get a little obsessive or a little jealous, though, with power dynamics might start to come up. Maybe the power of love, like Huey Lewis likes to say, you know, the power of love. from Back to the Future, right? You know, it can turn a turn a hawk into a little white dove, apparently. <laughs> so maybe the, the hawks in your life will become little white doves for a moment. I'm sorry. This one's getting a little silly, but we're having fun today, right? Uh, so the power of love with Venus making a positive connection to Pluto. Uh, but also be careful that that can have a dark side to it too, a little bit of obsessiveness, a little potential for jealousy. Um, but we may be clearing out some of the cobwebs of our life and digging deep to find really what the core of our relationship is all about and what kind of values we share together and why we're with the people that we're with. Every once in a while, we have to have those conversations and either reaffirm what brings us together or recognize some of the things that we may not agree on so we can come to a compromise or uh, make some changes. Uh, so that's our Friday. On Saturday, the moon is going to be moving into the sign of Capricorn. Uh, okay. Yeah, you can see we have the Capricorn moon now. And that changes the dignity of the moon quite significantly. The moon is sitting at the table with its host, Saturn. But the moon and Saturn aren't necessarily good buddies. They're kind of opposites. You know, see, the, the moon is the host or the ruler of the sign of Cancer. And it's in opposition to the place that it rules. And that's one of the rationales in the Thema Mundi for a planet being in exile. Do you see that? So this moon is opposite its own domicile of cancer. So it is in exile. It's in a foreign land. It's in the furthest possible place uh, to cancer. Um, so it's a little bit uncomfortable. It's not able to do its thing uh, very easily or very smoothly. Um, but we do have a little bit of a, a boost by having uh, triplicity by, by the nighttime in the earth signs. The triplicity rulers for the earth signs are Venus during the day, which we have with a Virgo Venus and the moon at night. So lunar things are much more supported at night uh, with this particular moon. All right. On Saturday, we're going to be seeing an opposition between Mercury and Neptune. This is echoing the opposition we just went through with Venus. But now it's Mercury's turn to go into that opposition with Neptune. So our thinking may be a little muddied. It may be a little bit uh, cluttered up. We may have a little bit of brain fog, even though Mercury's in good shape. It's going to be running into a little bit of emotion, <laughs> like your, your robotic efficiency might come face to face with the need to soften your heart a little bit. Um, you, I think one of the dangers with all the Virgo placements is that we can become ruthless in our efficiency. I know I've felt this a little bit lately where I just like, I don't have time for any of your BS. You know, I just want to get something done. I'm very focused on doing my work and I don't have time for drama or whining. Um, mostly this is in response to my teenage daughter. Um, but I love her 
and I, I need to uh, uh, take some time every once in a while to, to, you know, come away from the paper or the book and, you know, have compassion, right? So it, sometimes we have to pull out a little bit from, from our very narrow perspective and widen the perspective a little bit. So you may need to do that when Mercury is opposing Neptune. Um, open your mind a little bit. Um, the other danger with this is glossing over important details. Neptune wants to add some fog and some some confusion to the mix. So it's it would be very easy to miss something important when Mercury is making its opposition to Neptune. So check everything twice uh, on Saturday if you're signing an important contract or if you're creating a new project. This is a good time to really get uh, a second opinion on something or making sure that you're double and triple checking everything before you turn it in or, or whatnot. Um, okay, the moon is going to be trining Uranus at six degrees Capricorn and, and Taurus over the course of that day, also triggering that new Promethean structure, okay, uh, that happens when we make Uranus contacts with the moon now. As we move into Sunday, the last little thing that we have here, you're still with me? Even after all this silliness, you're real troopers and I appreciate it. Uh, still have a Capricorn moon and a number of aspects. The moon is going to be uh, making a number of trines uh, to Mars and the sun. Uh, it's going to be conjoining Saturn. That can, sometimes the moon, when it conjoins Saturn, that can feel a little bit heavy, a little bit, maybe we have a passing depression. It's going to be going over the south node too. Uh, it may also just, you know, enhance our ability to, to be disciplined. Um, I like the, the moon south node conjunctions for letting go of things, for getting rid of stuff. This may be an, an, a great time just to really face the reality of, of something that needs to go. And it could be a physical thing. It could be an emotional thing. Um, it's probably going to be more related to something physical with all the earth sign stuff. It would be my, my main guess. But when in doubt, throw it out. Okay. Uh, the, the sun is also going to be making a square today, Sunday, September 8th, to Jupiter. And this, again, is highlighting uh, that maybe overwhelmed feeling we may have where we're just trying to do too much, trying to do too many little tasks all at once, okay? And we need to figure out what we can really do and what we can't. Just drawing something weird there. Moon's going to be sextiling uh, Neptune in the afternoon, and then the moon's going to make a trine to Mercury in Virgo towards the evening. Uh, at the same time, it's going to be conjoining Pluto. Last aspect of the day and of the week <laughs> is Mercury making a trine to Pluto. And let's talk about that just real briefly. This is where our, our thinking gains depth. We're going into the underworld. Uh, we're able to, this is interesting. I, a little thought I had that I didn't write in my notes, but just an interesting thought. Um, Pluto, of course, was the, uh, the master or the lord of the underworld. 
And if you remember the story of Pluto and Persephone, he took Persephone down into the underworld. And Persephone was the daughter of Demeter, the goddess of the grain and of the harvest. And I was just thinking, like, you know, with some of these trines, you know, maybe Demeter and Pluto or, you know, Hades are getting along okay. Maybe this is the moment where Persephone is returning. You know, Pluto is is returning Persephone to the surface and, you know, things are things are good, right? You know, uh, this isn't... This is a time where uh, the communication between those two folks is fairly harmonious. They've they've come to some sort of peaceful accord. You know, I think that the goddess isn't mourning. She isn't in mourning yet. She's not you know bringing the the winter yet onto the the land because of her of missing Persephone. Um, but this is a, an, a a time where you can find some depth in your thinking. Uh, you can really get to the heart and the core essence of what your uh, strategy would be. Um, and it's going to be empowered. It's going to be supercharged with that, that Mercury-Pluto trine. So that's the last thing that I've got. Deep conversations, perhaps, at the end of the week that you may be having too. All right, we made it. Yay, give yourself a high five. Okay, good job. Uh, Looking ahead to next week, uh, we've got Mars trining Saturn. We've got a sun opposition with Neptune. Mars is going to be making its square to uh, Jupiter. We have a full moon in the sign of Pisces, so we're going to have to balance out all this like butt-kicking, earthy, practical energy with a very watery moon. Um, Mercury conjoins Venus. Uh, And then... Venus and Mercury are going to be leaving the sign of the Virgin and heading into Libra, which is really good for Venus and not as good for Mercury. <laughs> like, so we're going to have a start at the beginning of a shift to our mercurial domination to a little bit more of a soft, softer Venusian quality, which will be a nice balancing uh, aspect, I think. So, so that's something to look forward to as we move through the week. Okay, that's what I've got for this week. Uh, If you are enjoying these videos, uh, click the like or subscribe button. Be sure to share it with your friends. I'm including links to my Venmo account, at Spencer Michaud, and to PayPal me if you want to leave a tip. That is super appreciated. Uh, It helps me pay my bills and, and to keep making videos and creating quality content for you. So I give you a thumbs up for those of you who have donated. Really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, thank you. Um, And then... I'm also going to include a link to my Domiciles and Deities class if you're local and you want to find out more about that. And uh, yeah, sign up. It starts September 23rd. Uh, uh, there's still a few splots, splots. There's still a few splots available. So, so sign up and we'll, uh, we'll have some fun together and um, we'll practice our S's and our T's and our P's and our L's uh, in speaking in uh, <laughs> clear tones. All right. I'm going to end this one. Thanks for hanging with me today. I'm Spencer Michaud. Have a great week ahead and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.